Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have uh, Sasan Yusuf. She's the uh, Chief Scientific Officer at Distributed Bio, and we're going to talk about the, the work that she does there. So, Sasan, thanks for coming. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Oh, good, good. So tell me about, uh, first, about Distributed Bio. What is the company about? So Distributed Bio is a very um, unique um, small biotech uh, company that is based on um, immunoengineering, basically engineering new technologies for developing uh, new therapeutics in the field, in in any medicinal field, um, using immunology as the platform. Um, and generating different platforms to uh, develop um, uh, antibody therapeutics for um, from inflammation to cancer to vaccine to viral um, vaccines and the uniqueness about distributed bio is we are self-funded so we don't rely on venture capitalists we support ourselves so part of um, using these platforms as a way of uh, generating as a CRO services to generate uh, therapeutics, antibody therapeutics using our unique platforms and technologies for other companies while we're developing our own internal uh, portfolio. So we have uh, in our internal portfolio, we have two two types of uh, therapeutics. One's relying on antibody generation, and one is vaccine. So um, I'm pretty sure you guys also heard about us um, through the COVID-19 um, pandemic. But for that, we are developing um, a therapeutic, which is an antibody therapeutic and not vaccine. But we also have these technologies for like flu vaccine and HIV vaccine that we are developing internally. Okay, with that, let's talk about, uh, you know, antibody therapy and vaccines. So um how would uh, antibody therapy work, you know, for any disease or condition? So antibodies are are a, a very, um, you know, in, in therapeutics there is two two areas. There is the small molecules and there is the anti the large molecules with antibodies. So antibodies actually um, are really uh, good therapeutics in a way. They are very tolerable in the human body. And their um, effects are directed against the target that you are aiming for. For example, if you have a molecule that is important for uh, that initiates cancer, for example, um, if you generate an antibody, like for example, like HER2, uh, you generate an antibody against that specific molecule, so it's targeted specifically. Um, that molecule and the side effects will be very minimal uh, versus if you give 
those patients like a small molecule that affects many, many pathways. So there is um, maybe the effect will be as strong, but it will have a lot of outside scope side effects because affect a lot of other pathway in parallel. Um, but sometimes you have no choice. Um, you can find a molecule for this type of disease or not. So you, uh, to target as an antibody therapeutic. So you have to use a small um, a small molecule therapeutic. So it depends on what target you want to aim for, for vaccine. Oh, good question here. So how do antibodies work? Do they bind to a target and then they attract immune cells yeah. to engulf it? Or do they, um, do they choose do some other action as well? Yeah. So, so basically what the antibody does, um, you can engineer it, and we are very good in that here as well. You engineer it um, based on what you want to aim to get out of the therapeutics. So, for example, if you want to block something, uh, one molecule on the surface of cells, what you generate is an antibody that will will block this um, molecule and uh, this protein and stop the signaling downstream. So this, once you, once the antibody, and usually the antibodies are made in such high affinity that you will not, you will prevent from other normal protein that bind this target in the body to bind because it's binds so strong. That's what mean high affinity. It binds so strong. You make it so strong that it will not let it, until this molecule disappear, you won't let it uh, leave. So now these antibodies can in, be engineered in many ways in their uh, profile to, if you want to induce like an immune response, so you put this antibody in, in such a, 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 a structure that will recruit these in, in the other side where it, there is the side that bind the the target and there is the other side that can induce the the response that you want so if you want to bring t cells and b cells and macrophages to kill this 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 let's say tumor cell um, then you will engineer that antibody in a way that in the other side when it's bind the the the, the protein that we want to target um it will start this cascade of inflammation and immune response to generate this response. But if you just want it, like for example, for, for COVID-19, for example, because there is uh, um, some thought that antibodies might cause extra inflammatory response. So you wanna generate an antibody that just bind, for example, the virus and, and prevent it from, in from infecting cells. So then you design or another or other type of antibodies against other viruses. So you de design it in a way that the antibody will bind the target and just block it from what it caused, like for example, in virus to inf infect cells. So it depends well, what, what do you want to yeah. generate? Right, yeah. I've, I've heard that uh, sometimes antibodies can be binding, they'll bind to a target, but sometimes it'll make the target uh, even more problematic, you know, and then there's some that are neutralizing. So they'll yes. bind in such a way that they will stop the, uh, you know, the bacteria, or the virus or whatever it is from causing harm. So I guess there's a difference, right? Yeah. So you generate, so, so the, the side that this, the, the antibody has like a Y shape. So in the top of the Y's, like the Y shape, um, 
you have the binding of the target itself. So in that in that side, you won't change anything. But the stem of the Y, you can you can mutate or you can make the antibody. Of course, it will be uh, very similar to human antibodies because we know exactly how human antibodies look alike, and there is multiple. There is uh, one, two, three, four. There is different types, and you design. Um, your your therapeutics similar to what the human body generate, but you can make some kind of adjustment in in that stem of the antibody to either cause in case like for cancer you you want to bring a lot of immune cells to to kill the the cancer cells. So in there you generate that antibody that will look exactly like the antibodies we generate in general in our bodies. Uh, but you modify it in a way that it will it will cause the neutral the killing, for example. Or if you want a neutralization, you generate an antibody in a form that it will give you the neutralization only. So so How it all know, depends. Um, yes, I guess you got to pick targets on the surface at, yes. at certain spots and bind to them yes. to, to do it the right way. So what are some of the um, the strategies do you you know like for a virus? I guess you'd want to bind to the spike protein and not just to the you know to the capsid. Like what what are some of the strategies to make a um, an antibiotic work better in terms of where it binds or how it binds? So so uh, so we here in in distributed bio we develop technologies that we can also um, uh, generate multiple um, anti. First of all, we 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 do our our um, discovery process where we find those uh, potential antibodies, and we, based on um, functional assays that we test after we have this profile of antibodies, we choose the most probable um, um, pa- the most probable part of this antibody to um, uh, give us the optimal binding property in the optimal binding sites because antibody can can bind different sites so you you set up after your discovery part you set up several assays that you test and you pick you pick your most um, uh, probable candidates and then if you want them to bind very very strong we have um, different also uh, next step technologies where we kind of um, mutate sites in those antibodies and make them uh, higher affinity or uh, uh, binding different epitopes or same uh, two epitopes at the same time, like si- parts of, of whatever protein we, we want to generate against. Um, and then after you finish that part of discovery, then you go ahead and you say, I, do I want to make the antibody just bind and neutralize, or do I want to make the antibody um, with some effector functions, meaning like causing the cells to die or not? And there where you plug your your uh, uh, small parts of the discovery into the big backbone, and then you you have your final drug therapeutics and you go through intensive Essays and intensive detection essays to decide. Okay, I think I chose this this antibody because it it binds this part of the um, the target, and I would like to have 
dysfunction or prevent dysfunction. And that's how you, you get to the final product that you move into the clinic later on. To uh, make sure that the antibodies are as close as possible to natural antibodies in terms of them also having the Y shape, you know, being yeah, similar okay, size yeah. and all that stuff, or can you yes. make them very divergent? No, you want you want the antibodies to be as as close as to the human. It's called germline, meaning uh, the human natural properties of antibodies, because you don't want these antibodies once you treat the patients with to start. Um, the body then, if they are really different, the body then will be, will be starting to see it as a, an anti-self, and then it starts to generate another response against it, and then reject the antibody. And that's very common sometimes. But in, in antibody therapeutics, the the this side effects is very low because the engineering and here at distributed bio we are very good at it because we generated our library to eliminate those uh, immunogenicity, what is called immunogenicity parts from the antibodies. So the final products are very stable and very humanness as we can get them. So um, the probability that, again, it's it's a person to person, but the probability to to get this um, side effects is very minimal. And that's where we, we are very are you, good are you at saying, uh, Yeah, are you saying that if you make the antibodies very unusual or different or alien, the body mounts a response and you may get an overreaction from the body and the yeah. person may get sick and die, let's say? No, they won't get sick and die, but but they will will have to stop the therapy in order to... They, they will have some side effects like rash or... Or different. I mean, each person will have, and each therapeutics will have different side effects. But they then they have to stop the therapy for them. So, in general, in in companies and and knowing all these um, immune engineering and and the immunology of antibody therapeutics helps helps us um, primarily to generate antibodies that as human as possible to avoid all. And that's where we um, we were excelled because our founder um, and CEO, Jacob Glanvel had generated these, these antibody libraries and took in, in consideration all these problems and um, of, of immunogenicity, of uh, foreign or only, there are also antibody alleles so like they're antibodies that will will work only with with one one type of um uh population versus the other so we eliminated all of that and we made our antibody uh, uh libraries uh for discovery as human as possible and as general as possible so it will lead us to the optimal um so we built ourselves for success to lead to the optimal uh, discovery platform, and we we develop these technologies to be uh, dis- the discovery part will go very very fast in like a month or less than a month um, to generate those preliminary uh, pools of of our antibodies to go to go quickly into screening and 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 generate the final product. What's an example of a proper immune response, and what's an example of an improper one? 
you know, if you make the antibody just right, what will happen? Maybe a few details. And if you don't, what, what can happen? So it so depends what you want from the antibody. And I will give you three, three examples. So if you want an antibody against a target that, let's say, that's the easiest way on, on cancer cells, like let's give an example like HER2 for a breast cancer, or let's give example for CD19 for leukemia. Um, what, what you want from, from the antibody is to go bind that bad target. And you wanna bring as much as immune cells into that area where they can to kill the target, to generate killing of the tumor cells. So you, you, you choose the antibody that binds this target at, um, the strongest and the more specific because sometimes our body generate proteins um, that are very similar between tissues. They're different, but similar. So you want to have your antibody specific only for that target. And you, you enhance that uh, effect with having a, 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 a Y shape that will, this once this target binds, in the other side, it will bind to other immune cells that will, they will start the inflammation, like bind to macrophages, macrophages go call T cells and B cells. And then you start getting a huge immune response in the side of the tumor and you kill the tumor. There is other antibodies that you want them to bind um, immune cells and go, that's what's called immune oncology and go bring those immune cells that, so what happens in general, let's say when you have an, and I'm talking in the cancer area right now, but we can um, change it into inflammation um, as you flip the backbone. So what, and I will explain in a second. So if you wanna like, let's say immune cells go in general to kill the tumor cells without any antibody therapeutics. So there, what you do is those cells started to get to get activated and start to kill the tumor, but they're not, they get what they, we call them exhausted. They're not good enough at, to finish the job because they get exhausted because they start expressing some proteins that the tumor knows those protein and they tell them, okay, stop, don't, don't continue. So in that case, we generate an anti, like all the PD-1 and CTLA-4 that were all in, in the immuno-oncology field that came out, out a few years ago and changed the whole concept of, of many cancers like lung cancers and bladder cancers and gastric cancer, where basically you go and this target will bind, this antibody will bind targets that on your own immune cells, but because you don't want your immune cells to die, because this, what happens here is just the antibody will bind those molecules that check, they call a checkpoint where they stop the immune cells from acting. So those antibodies, you don't want to have any, they, you just want them to bind the cells. So once they bind like the T cells, then the T cells started, oh, I need to start getting activated and, 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 and multiply again and again and again. And then you increase the immune cells in the tumor and you, you attack the tumor. So here you basically blocked your exhausted immune cells from being exhausted and you facilitate them to kill the tumor themselves. And that's basically 
an antibody that you generated to just bind the target and, and tell the target stop. And there is other antibodies that you actually want to increase the response. So you basically, you don't, you, you, it binds the target, but it binds the target in agonistic way, meaning that it, it will bind the target and then tell the target, okay, I want you to start getting activated again and then get the immune cells or, or get any other cells that you're attacking to respond to this target. It, it, will, it will see it like as, as a ligand and it will um, start, start basically get activated again. So, so it's all about the engineering of what you want your antibody purposed for. And, and that's how you just manage from binding the target and, and making it to final human and make it to the, to the assay that you want to generate and get, and okay, get I it. Got it. I got it. When the Y arms, I guess, of the uh, antibody bind, does it change the, uh, the tail? Does it change the structure of the tail to make it active or inactive or different? So it, you know, are you able to design, to design one that way? Yeah, so once it doesn't change it, it just depends on what tail is, is attached to then, but it, it has to bind the target first and then the tail will, will, will know what to do. Either will bind other cells or just block. But there is some conformational change between, yeah, once the binding happened, there is a little bit of conformational change there. So what happens, um, you know, I've heard with, with some viruses, a few, um, if they're, if there's only binding antibodies, it actually uh, enhances the ability of the virus or allows it to find another way to enter cells and, and then it's even worse than before. It's like an antibody modulated you know, entry. Uh, can you talk about that briefly? What, what happens there um, in that case, if, if new viruses or... Um, so there's two ways. Um, if there are some viruses that are highly mutated that they like for example flu virus every year we have to get a new vaccine because they they change they rapidly mutate so if you generate one antibody against them or or hiv viruses as well they are highly mutated so if you generate an antibody against it the anti the replication of the virus uh change very very quickly that they might change their own proteins um, in a way that the antibody will not be able to bind. Or, uh, so for, in that case, you want to generate a vaccine that kind of uh, give you a, a, a large or a, a spectrum of um, vaccine that will, will recognize a, a, a different potential mutant that will give you a spectrum of, of protection. There are some viruses that they don't change very much in that protein. But what happens is that they do have multiple proteins that can initiate the entry of the virus to the cells. So if, like, for example, in the coronavirus, the new COVID-19 um, initiating disease uh, virus, um, there is one one um, site that we know, but because it's new, we don't know what, how, how many other, other proteins will also uh, facilitate from the envelope of the virus, facilitate the entry of the virus. 
So in that case, it just more research and more science need to be done to understand that. So for that case, for viruses that are known that have few injuries, you either, uh, again, generate a vaccine or you generate combination of antibodies that block um, several um, uh, protein that helps the virus infiltrate the cells. And you basically block all the possible injuries and you treat the patients if you're going into antibody therapeutic with the cocktail like they did for Ebola, for example. They give a patient a cocktail of uh, three antibodies, um, uh, the Regeneron um, treatment, and they, uh, if, if the patients come really fast to the clinic, they say 94% of them survive, uh, which was a few years ago a, a really bad pandemic. So we need to understand the target very well in order for us to be able to um, design the optimal um, therapeutics for it. That makes sense. Okay. Um, you know, anytime I ask you anything, if it's if it's proprietary, obviously, you know, don't answer. So, uh, you know, no worries there. Um, what's the the current work that you're doing that uh, you think is showing some promise? You know, moving forward, are you are you very close? You think to a uh, a breakthrough either with COVID or with you know with other diseases or just in general? you know, making these antibody libraries, uh, you know, for some for some reason are somehow more effective than they currently are? Uh, yeah, so I can I can talk in general. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys uh, uh, heard about our pro- COVID programs because it's in the news. So I, I, I mean, we are, um, we are working um, to generate an antibody therapeutics for it. We think we have... Um, um, interesting data that we will um, follow up um, on in in the future with press releases, etc. And we are moving aggressively to going into uh, first in human, hopefully by end of August, September timeframes. For um, there is an, a few internal projects that I can't talk about very much, but. Um, I can just briefly touch base um, using our technologies and, and amazing libraries. We, we have a very interesting target that might be relevant for heart autoimmune diseases like lupus and arthritis. And that if um, um, our, our antibody therapeutics seems to be very promising, um, but that will be yeah, we're still in the development, like the because the speed of the COVID, the COVID is already um, going really, really fast, and we are in um, preparing for uh, filing um, in the next few months for IND filing and um, going into human um, for the other inflammatory diseases like lupus and arthritis. It might take a little bit longer, uh, just because both COVID prioritized, and then it, it's it's a, a longer process. Um, usually antibody therapeutic development take in normal 18 months to from discovery to um, a, a going into first in human. Um, so for that one, um, we are in finalizing the discovery and finalizing the final candidate and hopefully in a year or so. Uh, we will be going into filing. 
um, there is another project that I'm working on specifically, and that's I won't talk talk about it too much because it's still proprietary. Um, but I'm I'm working on finding a way that where you know immuno oncology therapeutics are really um, helpful, but not helpful for all diseases. And we think we found a pathway to overcome that and use those immunotherapeutics um, in, in cancer patients that don't respond to them by giving them the supplementary technology that we are developing. And um, so far, so good. So, but that probably also will be highlight in the next year or so because we are generating the um, the data to prove it. So we prove it in first step. Now we're proving it second step. And um, so that that project is really important for me because in my previous company, I worked on amino oncology target. I generated a PD-1 antibody. And um, I noticed how patient, and I was involved in clinical trial, in the clinical trial, and I saw um, certain patient respond and certain don't. So I always think about the the patient who don't respond. And I, I thought about it many, many times, but I didn't get to the idea until I moved here and I started thinking about it and um, studied about it. And it just, um, we, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. So um, I, have a, I have a quick question about um, attacking tumors, you know, by attaching uh, antibodies. Since tumors are heterogeneous, and I'm sure as, you know, the more that, a tumor goes along and metastasizes, the more heterogeneous it is. Mm-hmm. If you were to create, um, you know, a way to attach antibodies to it, I would think that you would need to have a cocktail of different antibodies because a given antibody would probably only attach to a given cell type. And one so, that differentiated away may need different antibodies. So, you know, you might only kill some of the cells of a tumor and not other ones. And the other clonal lineages would keep going. That is totally correct. And a lot of companies has done these studies. But again, um, the tumor cells are so smart, they escape. And those combination therapy right now are successful, but not as expected, because the tumor has many faces, and they're still, they're still learning about it. So right now, like the best combination is giving an, a checkpoint inhibitor with a radioactive with a radiation or with a chemotherapy, um, but still like the mixture of the antibodies. If they, in my previous company and and many big pharma, um, they have tried this, but uh, it, it it appears that if the tumor responds to an antibody, it will respond to the cocktail. If you want you will maybe increase in the same population the percentage of responders, which is great, but you won't completely bring a different population that don't respond unless you you try with a different um, therapeutics, meaning like chemotherapy plus antibody or radiation plus antibody. But in my thinking that if this technology works, you don't, you just need to give that and then you keep following up with these antibodies and you can you can escape um, other harsher um, risk uh, treatments for for the patients but this is this is still going on very very beginning and hopefully we'll see a progress 
very soon and will decide how to move to move aggressively about it right. because still like with all the pandemic still a lot of a lot of patients died from cancer and not all all cancer patients um have the potential for all these therapeutics that are developed because they have something resistant in their tumors that those therapeutics are not still not there yet. You mind uh, if I asked you just for a few minutes? I, I didn't ask you much about vaccines. You know, we talked about uh, attaching antibodies and causing immune responses properly, but with vaccines, um, can antibodies be used uh, to bind and, and turn an, an invader into a, um, you know, uh, can it help the body create a memory of the invader? Yeah, so, that so it, it what, becomes its own vaccine. Or like, how do vaccines work with, in regards to your work? So, so the vaccine, what what you do the the vaccine for is to basically teach your immune system to develop those antibodies uh, for this certain virus or certain bacteria or whatever you want to, or or even there is vaccine for cancers. Um, um, to develop. You, you teach your immune system to generate those antibodies and develop them and go attack the bad invader, whether it's a tumor cell or a virus or a bacteria or something, some parasite or whatever. Um, the, the thing with the vaccine is you it's built on making your body have a memory, which means you need sometimes you need maybe m- multiple doses to give the antibodies so you can educate your cells that have never seen this foreign target to have an immune response and 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 treat this target and that would take at least a month or two months until you built your immune response in the case of of viral or or bacterial infection but in case of a tumor cell it might not be sufficient to eliminate because tumor become sometimes metastatic, like you said, metastatic or very aggressive, but it helps on, on top of the other therapeutics. But when you have like a sick person um, and, and vaccine, you have to give them ahead of time. Like we all go to get the shot before the flu season, because we want to either make a new learning new, new cells that will respond to our, or we want to wake up the old cells that we we had sitting and because they didn't see that virus or that bacterial or target and and to activate it again. So it does what the antibody therapeutic does, but it takes a longer time. But when you have like a, 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 a sick person, uh, like for example, in this pandemic, you want to do the vaccine part outside in, in, in a big uh, facilities that will generate these antibodies for human uh, for human treatment and use. So you basically do that part of education outside by the by the technology and by the engineering outside of the body, and you give the body that drug to block the disease quickly and not wait on the vaccine to work because some some of these patients are really really sick and they need they need some kind of therapy to block it on time. So that's basically the difference between vaccine or, or therapeutics, antibody therapeutics, that in the antibody therapeutics, you, you, you try to block the disease or the, the infection agent exactly when you inject or in a day or, or less than a day or 48 hours. But for, the, for vaccine, you basically educate your body that when the next wave comes, 
the, our body will be ready and it, it by itself will fight this pathogen. Okay, well, very good. Well, Sasan, thanks for coming. It's uh, very, very interesting. And, and how can people find out more about uh, your work and distributed bio? So um, they can log in to our website, uh, distributedbio.com, or um, we also are um, uh, having um, a spin-out called uh, Cinevex, where we're going to move all our therapeutics into the spin-out. So it's, um, you can also look at us um, at cinevex.com, um, either on the website or we have links in LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram. Um, so you can go to cinevax.com or distributedbio.com uh, and Twitter and uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and find more information okay. about us and uh, about our company and founders and us too. Very good. And the research we do. Well, Sasan, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.